Welcome to episode 20 of the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. Thank you for joining us. We're coming to you from the Grand View at Las Vegas, the place we've stayed since 2008 during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. That's 15 years of the big, comfortable rooms at the Grand View at Las Vegas. Thank you to Wrangler, the official Western Wear Pro Rodeo. Wrangler has been an official sponsor of the PRCA for 76 years. Long live Cowboys. To the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. And to Resist All, we wear it every day. We are coming to you from the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And uh, the most unique circumstance, a tragic circumstance, has delayed the start of the NFR. This program is dropping on Thursday, December the 7th. And the opening performance of the National Finals Rodeo that was supposed to happen on Thursday, December the 7th, canceled or postponed. The PRCA's website says canceled. Decisions will be made after a shooting spree on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, reportedly not far from the Thomas and Mac, left at least three people dead on Wednesday afternoon, the day before the opening day of the 65th NFR. The story from ProRodeo.com, the website of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, says this. Due to the tragic event that took place on the UNLV campus, the Las Vegas Events Board of Trustees and the PRCA's Board of Directors have announced that the first performance of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, scheduled for Thursday, has been canceled. All of us are saddened by the events that occurred today, said Las Vegas Events President Tim Keener. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all who have been affected. Today's shooting on the UNLV campus was alarming and deeply troubling. That from Tom Glaus, the CEO of the PRCA. The PRCA is grateful for the rapid professional response from law enforcement and first responders. Our thoughts right now are focused on the victims of this senseless act of violence. As I said... Plans for what will be done with that first performance and what the future of this year's NFR will look like expected to be announced on Thursday from the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Obviously a very fluid situation. Keep your eyes on everybody's social media and you'll find out about what's going to happen to that canceled performance. Will it be a nine-performance NFR? Will they try to work it in someplace we don't know and uh, we'll all find out together sometime probably Thursday maybe Friday but uh, I know that a lot of people are are having a lot of meetings and not sleeping very much as they make plans for what is going to happen with this year's national finals rodeo and uh, our thoughts to the folks who lost their lives in that tragic and unnecessary shooting on Wednesday on the campus of the UNLV not far from the Thomas and Mac as it is being reported other news coming out of Las Vegas in the National Finals Rodeo and cross town at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Wednesday saw round six through ten of the National Finals of breakaway roping take place, and a world champion has been crowned. The fourth National Finals of breakaway roping champion is Shelby Bojali Medjid. She is, of course, married to the world champion tie-down roper Haven Midget. Shelby is originally from Canada. She roped 8 out of 10 calves and ended up winning $197,000 during the 2023 rodeo season, including the money that she won at the national finals of breakaway roping. My co-host on our Next Gen Rodeo Media pre-show that will air every afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific time during the NFR, Lindsay Sumter, joined me in talking to Shelby Beaujolais about her record-setting year. An end and the world champion who won a record 
$197,000 for the year is standing in between Lindsay and me. This is Shelby Beaujolais. Um, wow. What, what a weekend for you, huh? Yeah, this weekend was so full of uh, emotions. <laughs> um, when, when Jordan talked to you in, in your World Champions interview, you were justifiably crying just a little bit. Um, this is the second time you come in here with the Horse of the Year, second time you come in number one, first time you ride out as a world champion. You've had a half an hour and about 400 interviews already to let it soak in. What are you thinking? Uh, it's unbelievable. I just, I'm so happy right now. I can't even describe it. So this is a roping family. Your husband's a world champion. He just won a Canadian title. You're a world champion. Um, how, how much fun is it to be part of this power couple? <laughs> you know, we don't even consider it a power couple. We literally just, like, cringe. But um, it's super cool to be able to love something so much and have somebody that you love so much love it equally. So um, we're just so passionate about it, and it's just so cool the ride we're on together. So you raised or you trained your horse. She won horse of the year twice. You rode her all year. You have a lot of horses with her. What does, when you come into two days, five rounds one day, five rounds another day, does it feel like two different ropings or does it feel like the NFR? What, what does it feel like? Um, it does feel like two different days, really. And um, I always feel like the first day I get in a really good groove and then I'm, I always, I, I struggle kind of trying to get back into that on the second day. You, you know, um, my first day usually goes well for me and the second day is kind of when things kind of fall apart a little bit. So I didn't want that to happen this year. So um, I feel like every year I'm just really trying to mirror what I did the first day. Mindset going into 24, you're a world champion. You know you're into the winter rodeos. You know you're riding the best horse in the world. Where, where, where's your mindset at for 24? You know, I think I'm just going to hang my hat on this for now, and then uh, I'll decide that later. But if I never accomplish another thing, this is it. You came from Canada. You college rodeoed in, in the States. Did you, I mean, when you started, when you came from Canada, this was not necessarily a dream because it wasn't a reality at that point. Tell me how you put all of the transition from breakaway roping in the last three years and what's happened into this gold buckle because realistically as a competitor myself looking at it this is the first where there's been 400 rodeos that everybody could go to yeah. you didn't you won sioux falls yes but you didn't you grinded it out so tell me how how did this accomplishment i mean i know it's at the top of the list but how did when did it know that it was a reality for you um Ever since I was little, I knew that I just always wanted to be the best there ever was. And uh, I didn't know at what. I just wanted to be the best roper there ever was. And so looking back to little Shelby, it just, it's crazy how far I've come. And this year was just a fairy tale year. I didn't, I left for the summer just really, really, really hoping that I was going to make the NFR. And I was terrified I wasn't going to make the NFR. So to look where I was and look how this year finished out, it's just crazy. And just shows just keep pushing and never give up. Breakaway roper Shelby Beaujolais Medjid talking about her first world title. Her horse Anna named the horse of the year in the breakaway roping in the WPRA for the second time. Shelby's first world championship, Cheyenne McCartney, former Cheyenne Guillory, won the average. She roped nine out of ten calves at the national finals of breakaway roping. A great day on Wednesday, the second day of the national finals of breakaway roping for Danielle Lohman. The New Mexico cowgirl roped 
two in a row in times of 1.7. Won both of those go rounds. Actually won three straight rounds. Sarah Angeloni, who came into her first national finals in the number four spot, also won a go-round with a time of 1.7. That was the 10th and final go-round. So uh, those two accounted for four out of five go-round wins on the second day, round six through 10 on Wednesday of the national finals of breakaway roping. The complete stories at prorodeo.com or at wpra.com. We'll tell you a little bit about the Contract Personnel Awards presentation that happened on Wednesday night in Las Vegas, and we'll uh, hear from Joe Beaver as he breaks down the upcoming Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. That is all on the way. The Steve Kenyon Podcast is being presented by M2 Ranch Jerky, which is coming to a store near you in less than a month. When 2024 rolls around, M2 Ranch Jerky will be anywhere you are shopping. And a big thank you goes to Unbeatable Feeds. Drop by the Unbeatable Feeds booth at Cowboy Christmas during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Um, I'll be there several days interviewing some of the top talent in all of professional rodeo. That's unbeatablefeeds.com. We'll be right back. G'day, my name's Guy McLean. Australian horseman, international entertainer, and big believer in preferred equine equipment. They consider the safety of you and your horse in every piece of equipment they build. Whether it's fencing, round pens, feeders, or stalls, Preford offers quality equipment you can rely on. For more information on all of the great Preford equine products, visit them on the web at preford.com. Seconds Media, wherever you go. Just visit the 8 Seconds Media store. Ball caps in some fun colors. T-shirts in all sizes for men and women. And with fall coming, we've got some warm hoodies waiting for you. Just click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Thank you for joining us for this, the 20th episode of the Steve Kenyon Podcast, brought to you by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company. The standard of the West since 1879 to resist all. We wear it every day into Preford, number one in ranch and rodeo. We are coming to you from the Grandview at Las Vegas. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo's opening night delayed a day by the tragic events on Wednesday, the uh, shooting incident that took place on the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So as, of, uh, as you are listening to this show drop, and I'm hesitant to say anything that sounds time sensitive because new news will come out on December the 7th, which is the day this show drops on Thursday. But right now we know the Thursday night, December the 7th performance of the National Finals Rodeo has been canceled. Watch ProRodeo.com and everybody's social media pages. You will see additional information on what the next steps are for the NFR as they try to get the rodeo started while police in Las Vegas do their jobs um, at the same time with an active crime scene not that far from the Thomas and Mac. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast. In just a moment, Joe Beaver will join us to talk about this year's NFR, break down some of the events, and talk a little bit about his induction into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. A big night on Wednesday at the PRCA's annual awards banquet. Bullfighter Cody Webster winning his fourth straight Bullfighter of the Year award. Webster, Nate Justice, and Dusty Tuckness have been selected as the Bullfighters for this year's Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. For Cody and Dusty combined more than 25 appearances at the NFR, and they have won 14 straight between them 
Tuckness, 10 in a row. Now Webster, four in a row. Bullfighter of the Year awards in the PRCA. Quite an accomplishment for those two guys. Accomplishment for those two guys. Among the other award winners, John Harrison pulled off the Triple Crown on Wednesday night. The rodeo clown out of Oklahoma was named the Coors Man in the Can. He also received the Clown of the Year award and the Comedy Act of the Year Award. Rodeos of the Year, Blackfoot, Idaho, the Gem State Classic, won the Small Rodeo of the Year Award, the Medium-Sized Rodeo, Red Lodge, Montana, the Home of the Champions, that's a 4th of July event, Rodeo Rapid City, produced by the Sutton family in Rapid City, South Dakota, the Large Indoor Rodeo of the Year, the Pendleton Roundup, the Large Outdoor Rodeo of the Year, Josh Edwards, who's picking up at the NFR this year, was named the Pickup Man of the Year. Anthony Lucia winning his first Announcer of the Year award. Complete details are on the PRCA's website, prorodeo.com. Well, the National Finals is about to get underway. If you can't be in Las Vegas, if you can't go to the rodeo in person, you can, of course, if you're in Las Vegas, go to one of the many more than 20 casinos and hotels offer watch parties in Las Vegas, and you can watch the action on the Cowboy Channel. I'd like you to also think about Next Gen Rodeo Media. Every day, Lindsay Sumter and I will present a pre-show starting at 3 o'clock Las Vegas time Talking about the NFR, looking ahead to the matchup, showing you the highlights from the previous nights. That's on the Next Gen Rodeo social media sites, the Next Gen Rodeo app, and my 8 Seconds Media Facebook page. NFR Central starts on Thursday and runs all the way through the final performance of the National Finals Rodeo. Joe Beavers, a Hall of Famer. Eight-time world champion, 22-time NFR qualifier, over $3 million in earnings in his career. Of course, he has become a longtime television analyst, now with the Cowboy Channel and their crew that will also include Donnie Gay and Butch Knowles. They're both in the Hall of Fame. And Jeff Metters, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame, as they bring you the NFR on television one more time. I talked to Joe Beaver about this year's National Finals Rodeo. Joe Beaver joins us. Hey, Joe B., how are you? Man, I'm good, Kenyon. You say all that, it makes me realize how old I really am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, neither one of us is getting younger, but it's not how old you are, it's how old you feel, Joe. That's the story. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Well, then, hell, I'm probably 114 some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, before we talk about the NFR, mm-hmm. I want to go back to um, your time in your career and particularly the day you got the phone call saying, hey, Joe, you're going into the Pro Radio Hall of Fame. Tell me about that. You know, I think you and everybody has that that look or that dream, you know, that, hey, man, I might be in the hall someday. But, you know, there's only been a handful of us that have actually gone into the hall while we were still competing. And and that puts me with an elite group. And, and I think that was the biggest, uh, the biggest hit that day was I was like, man, I'm still after them, but I'm going to get recognized. I'm going to be put in the hall. So, you know, you're at the end of your you're into your term, you're into your career, but it was such a, uh, I think a relief for me because I, I've always, I fought hard to be the best I could be. And, you know, I gave 110% for about, you know, 25 years there of everything I had. And I think that was the, the final light, the final balloon that just got turned loose and said, Hey, you've actually made it. You're in the hall. And, you know, Fred and I were talking about this the other day and, uh, I saw Fred, we were talking about careers and what people win now and, you know, compared to us and all that. And, you know, I said one thing about it, Fred, ours are in the books and ours are written in stone. They'll never be erased. Yeah. And, and to be, you know, to be able to come up with the likes of, or be, uh, be involved in the careers of, of the likes of, of Ty Murray, you know, of 
Charmaine James, yeah, Fred Whitfield, Cody Old, Trevor Brazil, all, all those that I got to be to witness greatness and me be a part of it, and we're all in the hall, it really means something special. Joe was inducted in the year 2000, and you competed for several years after that, right? Yeah, I made the finals in uh, 2001, I think I was operating on. I made them in one, two, three, and four. And then I came back in six and made them again. And that's kind of what I was – that was kind of what was so special to me. You know, I mean, yeah, I was – I was I had reached that pinnacle of, of uh, enough – for lack of a better word, greatness, if you will, for everybody in everybody's eyes to get there. Right. But I wasn't through doing what I love doing and could still, you know, be successful at it. There's a 20-year-old kid going into the national finals rodeo on the number one spot in the tie-down roping this year. And admittedly, he was the resist all rookie of the year last year. I'm talking about Riley Webb. In 1985, you were a 20-year-old kid who won the world title and the resist all rookie of the year award both in the same year um, in that same event. Um Haven Medjid did it in 2019, but that's a pretty rare feat. Riley now at 20, his second trip to the NFR. I think he learned a lot the first time around last year. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think he had, let me tell you something. And can you, you know, we've talked about it, but that's why I was so impressed that Haven did it. If you look back, there's only a couple of us that have done it. It's so much pressure on you the first time when you make them. I mean, there's so much pressure and everybody, expect so much out of you that's been in your inner circle for years or your you know amateur rodeos and and high school they all know that one or two guys or girls that are something special so they expect so much you put so much on yourself and i think last year the expectations were so high for riley and and he knew how good he roped and he wanted to do so good but i think it was hard on him i think he learned a lot from it this year he's got such a lead that he can go have a mediocre national finals and still win the world championship. And I don't think there's any way you take a mediocre win of, and that's, what's so great too. Now mediocre wins, 90 or hundred thousand, yeah. you know, last time I went, I placed in both events, I think a total of maybe 12 rounds, 14 rounds. I think, I think I got six checks in one and five in the other. And then two in the average, I won $130,000, you know? So it's so good now that I think a mediocre national finals and we put a gold buckle on Riley Webb. Now, with that being said, once we put one on him, Kenyon, he's going to put more than that. He's going to add to it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, he's in a similar spot, I think, to where Shad was in 2020, where he had that great big lead and exactly. held exactly. on to it. I mean, you know, and, and I, I, yep. I am the biggest Shad Mayfield plan on the fan 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 on the planet i just want to see him do one thing i want to see him be great at the nfr because we know how good he can be but he never has really had the nfr that he needs he's second in the world standings about seventy-eight, eighty thousand dollars behind riley um riley would have to stub his toe pretty bad for anybody to catch him i think he he would but here's what i'm looking for out of shad mayfield win the first two rounds yeah. Try to win the first two rounds. You know, you put $60,000 together just bang in 48 hours. You got a guy looking over his shoulder, you know. But Shad Mayfield, is, is we saw it. We did. We saw it in Dallas. He had such a lead that, that it was enough for the mediocre finals he had to win the gold buckle. Now, that's where Riley's at. But also, you know, that's not easy to finish. But you you put Shad Mayfield, and, and to me, he's got a horse now that I think he's going to win a ton on. He's maybe not as good as the other ones, but he's so easy and he lets him use his long rope and reach. And you let Shad Mayfield, Haven Medjit, 
win those first two go rounds, it could be interesting, I tell you. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, there's that wily veteran who's got four world titles named Caleb <laughs> Smith and number seven. Remember what he did last year? I thought he was going to place in all 10 rounds. He placed in the first eight, won the first two. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, one calf kept me from placing out a nine, nine out of 10. Um, Caleb, he keeps saying, you know, when Pockets is done, he's done. Uh, I, I hope that's not true because Caleb Smith has about four more years or five more years if he wants them. But if he doesn't want them, he's done great. He's had a great career. He and Pockets go out together and he's, you know, going in record books. So I'm, I'm gay. I'm good with whatever he wants to do to be happy for himself. But I think he will shine this year at the finals. Steve, the Cavs are a little bigger. Um, they're a little stronger. They actually put three runs on him at a jackpot and Giddings, and the other herd went to Tyler to Jim Fuller's roping and put three runs on him there. So I look for the Cavs to be a little stronger, uh, horsepower to be important. Flanken's going to be a real big deal. And, and Caleb Smith, he checks all those boxes. So you know, can't count him. Yeah. What? Yeah. So when you say the Cavs are going to be a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, does that mean? Maybe we won't be seeing the the long sixes and the short sevens that we've seen in the past, or does that have anything to do with the times that we might see in your mind? I don't think we might not see the the easy sixes, you know, where they just stick it on them right there and it, and it's, it looks like anybody time in six. Those guys at that elite level, and and I say that with with all due respect to the top twenty, you know, or, or twenty five even, but the top fifteen. They're a special breed, and, and and I was part of them for a long time, and we just step up and do what we have to do at the time. Uh, example of the day, you know, we rope around there every day at my house, and my, I got some guys can really rope around there that, you know, work for me and help me and come by and visit and all that. John came by, John Douch came by the other day and ran two calves uh, on, little, on our little sorrel to get ready for out there in case he wanted to ride it. And I'm telling you, it was like, a different level roper huh. you know he ran them out there and just ate them up and I, when he left that day i told jenna i said you know that's the difference right there that's why those top 15 stay the same you know pretty much for about five years at a time so with that said i think maybe not right off the bat but once they figure them out they're going to time just as fast Joe Beaver's joining us, and 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 I I went right to the tie down roping, obviously, because that's kind of you know, they used to call the Thomas and Mac the house that Joe built because of um, how great you were for so many years in the tie down roping. Um, I'm not sure if it needs to be the house that Stetson remodeled now or or how what they need to call it now, but um, oh, sure, yeah. you know there there are some kids. The, the fun thing about you, Joe, is you're such a student of the game. Uh, you love the timed events. You've been a hazer in the steer wrestling. You've qualified in the team roping. You've been a world champion champion in the all-around you've been a world champion in the tie-down roping but you can sit down and love the, the the riding events just as much i'm a fan of rodeo you know i i'm not a big fan of standalone events i understand you know steer open standalones but other than that i like to see a rodeo i like both ends of the arena you know like i said i came up with the likes of ty murray and louis field i got to watch and witness those careers tough hedeman you know was one guy that i love to go watch ride bulls and and I've learned, you know, I've I've got to I've I've got to do some rodeo, uh, commentating rough stock every now and then too. And I like to learn from it. I like to pay attention to the guys, you know, the Donnie Gays, the Butch Knowles, the girls that do the rough stock. Because once you you know what you're watching, you enjoy it a lot more. And and I'm such a fan of Stetson Wright. It's stupid. Um, that guy has no ceiling, Kenyon. 
as long as he, he stays healthy, he has no ceiling on how much he can win. You know, they're, they compare him to Ty Murray, and they want to compare it back and back. And the only thing I say about I don't, I can't compare him to Ty Murray. Ty Murray worked three events and won that other event's hard. That bareback riding is one of the hardest events on your body I think there is, you know. And Ty Murray worked it also, and he worked it in a day and age where eliminator pins were just part of the game every every week at rodeos. You know, they got on stuff that the guys these days wouldn't even go get on. So I, I'm not going to compare him at all. I think Ty Murray is the greatest, you know, three-event rough stock guy I've ever seen. I got to see, you know. But Stetson Wright has no ceiling. He's the greatest thing for rodeo to come along. Um, I, I I enjoy watching him so much. You know, and what's great about where I'm at at the at the finals, I'm down there at the time you can end. You know, I'm high level. I get to watch those horses. And the, and, and the thing about a bucking horse to me, when I can watch, when I'm watching from the other end and I see a bucking shoot underneath the horse's belly, yeah. that gives you a realistic view of how high that horse is jumping and kicking. You know, that takes the little uh, puddle jumper right out of the figure. And, and, yeah, I do. I just – I really love – you know, rodeo's been good to me. I mean, I started out with nothing, you know, um, and, and I've got quite a bit that I've got. Whatever I've got, it's been through rodeo, and I'm a fan. Yeah. Joe, let me, let me ask you about these kids today from this standpoint. I was thinking about this this morning. The thing that – now, I'm like you. I'm, I'm a ginormous Stetson Wright fan. I'm also a ginormous Riley Webb fan. I'm a really big John Douch fan. I think that young man whom, whom you've had such an impact on ha, is one of the greatest kids you'll ever have a chance to meet, not just with what he does with the rope, but with the way he conducts himself outside the arena. I'm a big Brittany Posey Tanazi and Lisa Lockhart fan who are both going to their 17th NFRs. The people oh, who are competing too. today are really, I think, and I guess you probably have to say led by Stetson right now, but so many others alongside him they're taking good care of this sport. They're taking good care of this industry, I think. For sure. And, you know, Kenyon, I'm not sure that um, – I'm not sure in the last – let's say 10 years, let's throw 10 years out there. I'm not sure in the last 10 years we haven't seen a wave of, of more uh, competitive people come up. You know, the younger generation. Out of every 20, there's two. You know what I mean? And out of every two, you hope there's three more that come along. But there's two special in every event. You know, I got to see Brittany Posey. I, I saw her start. I mean, my dad taught her to rope. She yeah. roped with my dad. And, you know, I remember when she just get on any horse she could get on, try to run barrels. And, you know, look at her now, how successful she is in the industry. You know, look look at look at Cassie Mowry, what she's done. Look what she does. She goes to 30 rodeos, makes the national finals. She wins a million dollars a year riding for charity horses. There is so much. Look at Tyler Wags. You know, well, you're too little to steer wrestle. Well, no, I'm not. Let me win through four world world championships, and I'll show you I'm not. Um, I think I think all of this combined has put together um, a plateau for the younger generation now to see. You know, I can make it, and I'll tell you this, Kenyon. You know, I do about you know I do 20, 25 clinics a year, whatever. I can actually tell them now, and the girls break away. You can make a living with the rope. I know everything costs a lot more. I'm not stupid. I may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. I know what <laughs> things cost. But I also know when you can go put up twenty uh, five hundred and win four or five thousand a week at a jackpot that we used to have chances to. You can make money if you can rope. 
if you got a you can if you can get horses for turdies in a barrel race and the roping now you can make money so it's nice for me to be able to tell them at those clinics hey man you can make it with the rope hey hey little girl you're 12 but if you keep working and roping at it you'll be a cheyenne guillory uh um, oh well that's um, uh mccartney now yeah you can be a martha angeloni you can be a jackie you can actually make it now you can be larry d i'm telling you you can make it so i and i i think it goes back a lot to all um the opportunities kids are having with the i, I say it all the time i think junior high rodeo uh before high school rodeo was the best thing that happened to the rodeo business in years because it it built the ones that had that that look in their eye and that foundation you know it built them early to keep hooking up and going hard. So yeah, I think the I think this um, group of what do you if you want to call champions right now are helping rodeo immensely. Yeah, you know, and the interesting thing about it, Joe, and and one of the things that that I have really and and I've always been a Joe Beaver fan, and I still to this day have to pinch myself to say I'm a Joe Beaver friend too. That's kind of exciting, <laughs> you know. I could be a you know it, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> But one of the things that, that you've done that I that I really think is awesome and I think has been great for our sport, yes, you 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 make a pretty good living off of your schools, but you've also had a chance to motivate a lot of young people. Um, I remember that speech you gave three or four years ago, landed on Facebook. You were talking to the Texas High School Rodeo Association, and you were bragging about Texas, but that's okay. You were in Texas, and you're from Texas, so brag about Texas. Um, but you've had a chance to reach out and motivate a lot of kids. And I think you really enjoy that opportunity. Oh, that that's a the the best part of it to me, Kenyon. You know, and, and then too, you know, like just like that when that all went haywire on me, I said, you know, if I'd have been in North Dakota, I would have talked about if you want to ride Bronx, you better get to North Dakota. Cause in Texas, you're not gonna learn to ride Bronx. There's only a couple. Yeah. You know, take away Sterling and Jacobs and a few others. There's no Texas guys that are, you know, and that got all blowed out. And all I was trying to do was build a bottom 10 to know that they have a chance to make it to the top 10 if they work hard and if they dedicate themselves to it. You know, my, my, my good buddy Chisholm Thurston, that's now, you know, he's been passed, he's been passed away. I don't know, five or six, seven years, but he said it one time he came down in the winter and he said, you guys rope all winter. We don't, you do that. And I said, that's the difference. You know, mm-hmm. it's why everybody moves to Texas to rope, but, that got blown way out, and all I was doing was trying. You're exactly right. Promote, promote, build up, give confidence to the bottom ten, so they could be in the top ten the next year. And at the clinics, you know, yeah, it's great, and it's so much fun to have. Uh, you know, the Angeloni. You know, I wrote with them in Virginia when they were 12 years old or something. You know, at the clinic, and, and Haven. You know, has been there. It's Cormos and all them, and it's so fun. But I think the biggest the biggest kick I get out of it is maybe that kid that just has a little bit of talent, but doesn't really know what to do with it, but needs some motivation because he doesn't believe in it, his or herself. And then they come back two or three years later and you see what they've done. And then you see them four or five years later at a college finals or something. And you think maybe that one day of talking to him or her made a difference. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't, you mentioned Brittany a while ago. I remember interviewing her after she won Salt Lake City. And mm-hmm. I think that was right about the time that she went over $3 million in her career. And I asked her, I said, Brittany, 17 trips to the NFR coming up, $3 million in career earnings. Would you have ever thought this was going to happen? 
way back when. And she said, well, yeah, probably I would have because I was a real cocky 19 year old. Um, and and there's 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 an attitude of confidence, not arrogance, but confidence that has to be a part of being successful. You were confident. Um, Fred Whitfield was confident. Fred Whitfield backs in the box. He knows he's going to win. Um, I don't know that anybody would say you guys were cocky, but you were confident. And I think it's important for kids today to understand you got to believe in your talent, right? If you don't believe in yourself, can you, nobody else is going to believe in you. You know, I mean, it, I, I, I grew up in an era down there when I was 16, from the time I was 16 till I got my card when I was eight, 18 or 19, whatever I was, you know, I amateur rodeoed for, to live. I mean, that's, that's how I lived. And I grew up in a tough era down there, man. Uh, there was a guys down there that you've never, you'll never hear of that were, you had to beat. And if you didn't think you could beat them when you got there, they sure weren't going to talk you into it because they didn't want no kid beating them anyway. They didn't like that shit anyway. They wanted to yeah. beat you down. And then when I got in, turned pro and got in, you know, I was, I, I, I thought everybody was supposed to win. You know, I mean, I won the first pro rodeo I ever went to was, Wichita, Kansas, and I won first. You know, I mean, I thought I was supposed to win. Um, I think you don't – you may not be cocky, but you better be confident, and you're just going to throw a little arrogance out there sometimes. And, hey, people deal with it how they may, how they want to. But, you know, I think if – yeah, I think exactly right. And I can name – I can name 20 of us that maybe the people, you know, talked about one time, well, that guy, he's an ass, or she thinks she's better than everybody. No, no, we expect more out of ourselves. And when we expect more out of ourselves, then it may throw that air a little bit of cockiness out there. But all it is is we demand the best out of ourselves. Every time we nod our head, we ride in the arena, whatever, we demand the best out of ourselves. And if you don't have that in you, they will eat you up and spit you out. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said. Uh, Joe Beaver's with us getting ready for the NFR. Uh, you're going to be busy in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, it's a busy time. You know, I'm lucky. They still, you know, want to use me and think I, I can fill in and do all right. I started the ladies' breakaway uh, luncheon uh, banquet Monday, and um, then you know, with Frontier, uh, with Frontier Coffee and the Frontier Gang, we'll go to the uh, banquet uh, Tuesday night with South at South Point with my South Point gang that we work with, and then I'll do the uh, WPRA, the barrels, the ladies' luncheon. And uh, then we start right into the rodeo, you know, and I get to work with my guys, Jeff and Butch again. And Donnie, I think, I don't know if this is in about 16 years or something, maybe. It's, and then it's a hall of fame crew. It, it was always a, one of the thrills of my life was being a, having a chance to be a small part of that bunch. Um, it is a hall of fame crew. Now Butch is in the hall of fame too. Um, maybe we got to yep. work on Jeff yep. just thinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great team. It is. And then, you know, last couple of years, uh, Flint, uh, Flint hit me up and I uh, got the gig to do the buck presentation with him at night. And I've really enjoyed that, you know, because I get to see a lot of those, you know, a lot of the Kai Hamilton's, you know, or Tristan Hudgens or whoever rocker Steiner, you know, those young kids that are so eager and so hungry to win. And it's fun to get up there and, and celebrate those go around wins with them, you know, with Flint. And of course, Flint and I've been friends for, ah, man, 30, five years now, I guess, or so, you know, so it's a busy, busy week out there, but man, it's a rewarding week. It really is. It's a fun week. Yeah, it really is. And uh, it's about to get started. Um, 
Is Stetson going to go over a million? I think he's going to go over a million, and I th- I'll, I think he'll have it done way before the 10th go-around. You know, I, I don't see him not doing it. I really don't. And, man, you talk about, you know, I say this all the time. Um, and and, and another, another thing Fred and I talk a lot about, you know, is, boy, we'd like to have a couple years – roping and what they get to rope for now. You know what I mean? Denny Flynn and I were visiting. Denny, I said, boy, Denny, wouldn't you like to be able to ride, you know, with the extreme money and, and the money the bull riders get, get to ride for now? Yeah, we'd all love to, but it's meant to be rewritten. If records stay the same money-wise, that means we're going nowhere, Kenyon. You know, um, Roy did it first. I did it second. You know, Fred did it third. Trevor did it fourth. I don't know. Brittany did it, you know. It needs to be changed. And Stetson, I think, is going to rewrite it all because I just don't see him keeping him under a million. I really don't. Yeah. Um, he's he's already in the $3 million club, and he's only 24 years old. Um, he will yep. be the next man to go over $4 million, and it might not take him very long to get there. Um, if you think of what he's got. The, I mean, he could do it next year at the rate he's going. Sure, for sure. And, and you, know, you, know, you know what's cool about him, I like about him too, is he still – he still goes out one eight seconds. He's won enough now, Kenyon, and he's got a name, and he's got enough money, and he makes enough money on the outside of rodeo with endorsements, all that. He could look out at six seconds. But you don't see that guy look out at six seconds very often. You know what I mean? He rides them eight, 8.2, or he gets drilled a lot at six. And in the bronc riding, he, he's learned. He's, he's just He has gotten so aggressive, and his talent has shown that he rides one and you sometimes you see a little Billy Atbauer, oh, 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 is he going to, you know, and then you yeah. see him sit back down and be 88 points. And to me, that's what a champion does, and that's what's going to keep him winning forever, you know. And, and and I like the way he hauls, you know, even with Kai, you know, it's a challenge. It's like when I rodeoed, you know, with the fourth every year, most every year, it started with Roy, and then it went to Fred, and then Cody, and then Trevor. We'd all, you know, get a leer, and we'd rodeo everywhere we could. You know, Charlie Horky for years – had Lear Jets for us, and then we, Mike Beers and I, would get we'd rent one, and all of us together. It was an amazing when we pulled when we flew into rodeo, and Kenyon, me and Fred and Trevor and Cody all stepped out of that plane, and you know it was it was game time, and people knew something was about to change, yeah. you know. And I like the way he and Kai rodeo together because you know if he's in shoot two, he's in shoot six. Whoever goes first knows that other one can beat him in it. Just a better bull and a good ride, and I think that's a cool way to keep the top of your game even getting better. Yeah, well, uh, the uh, Trevor Brazil was the first man I ever heard say "iron sharpens irons," and uh, yeah, yeah. those two keep it. We used to sharp. go back to the rodeo. You know, the last I don't know three years, maybe I made the national finals. We uh, stayed the same hotel and stuff, and we'd ride out together tonight in the limo together, and and it was funny. That, you know, how it can be a traffic. It might take us 10 minutes, might take us 30 sometimes. But that 10 to 30 minutes every night on the way to the rodeo had me mentally ready more than all the practice I could do for two weeks before. Yeah, Joe, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, the biggest story with Stetson, mm-hmm. will he win the Triple Crown? Will he get he, – he's already got the all-around. That's done. Um, yep. he's got a really big lead in the bull riding. I talked to Sage Kimsey yesterday and he was talking about, you know, unless, you know, the Stetson would have to have a collapse that would none of us would anticipate for, for anybody to catch him in the bull riding. Can he win all, can he, but he's only $4,000 ahead in the bronc riding with guys like Sage Newman and, and 
Zeke Thurston only $30,000 back. That's going to be the challenge, I think, is can he win the bronc riding and get all three of them in the same year? You know, you you make a point there. Okay, so is he going to focus, you know what I mean, mainly in the bronc riding to try to get that triple crown because other two are his, I think, you know, yeah. period. Um, it's going to be fun to watch because there starts the mental part of it, Kenyon. There starts the mental part. I know a couple years I went in, I gave up a calf roping buckle world title. I know once, maybe twice, trying to make sure I won the all-around because the all-around, my bonuses were way better, you know. It was a more prestigious win, I thought. And I really gave up two more gold buckles in the tie-down rope, and I, I could have had, I think. Hmm. But I wanted the all-around so bad. Does he want the triple crown so bad he, he that he – makes mistakes and doesn't win the bronc riding or does that turn him up and he capitalizes and dominates in the bronc riding and wins a triple crown uh mental this is going to be the mental part of stetson right we get to watch this year and i think if you got a bag of popcorn and a mixed drink that you like you're going to enjoy the show <laughs> because i think he's going to step up <laughs> i i think that's a great way to leave it right there bag of popcorn and a mixed drink you like joe b it's always such a pleasure thank you for your time i know you're swamped uh we'll see you in las vegas Kenyon, you're doing great things for rodeo. Keep it up, my friend, and we'll see you in Vegas. Joe Beaver joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Always so interesting to see here what that man has to say. Joe Beaver joining us to talk about the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, which is about to begin. And keep an eye on the PRCA's website, the WPRA's website, our 8 Seconds Media Facebook page, um, and uh, you will get the very latest on what is happening with the NFR as the opening night has been postponed, canceled, because of that tragic shooting on Wednesday in Las Vegas. That story will continue to unfold over the next few days. Thank you for listening to Episode 20 of the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Don't forget to join us every afternoon on Next Gen Media's app, Next Gen, Next Gen Rodeo's app, the Next Gen Rodeo Facebook page, and on my social media, including the 8 Seconds Media Facebook page, for NFR Central with Lindsay Sumter and me, brought to you by Next Gen Rodeo Media, powered by Rodeo Logistics. Today's program sponsored by Wrangler, by the Justin Booth Company. Thank you to Resist All and Preferred, to M2 Ranch Beef Jerky, and to Unbeatable Feeds, to the Grandview at Las Vegas, and the Classic Equine and Classic Ropes, bringing you the Steve Kenyon Podcast. God bless everybody from Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Steve Kenyon.